Yeah, one one other thing on that goal because I'm guessing we, you know we're probably not might not circle back to it, but really good pass by Kevin Shattenkirk. Um, you know, it's kind of seeing that that lane was open for him to get it down there, and it's you know some someone tweeted at me and I, I quote tweeted it with some numbers, but the conversation about like who's the better power play quarter quarterback, Shattenkirk or McAvoy? Ryan, are you crying? I, <laughs> Brian's Brian's no. battling through it on the on the. <laughs> Are you crying? <laughs> no, no, I just I'm crying because McAvoy is not a not the PP one we thought he was going to be. Um, sorry, to, sorry to cut you off, Scott, but Brian was. I just had to make sure he was okay. It, it was. It was like it was. A, it was a great goal. I I get it. <laughs> it made me emotional too. Uh, head 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 cold season. Yeah, crusty eyes. Um, I mean, like I I've hit. I think we've hinted at this a couple of times, but it, it hasn't blown up. And I don't know if now's the time for it to, but there, there's been a bunch of times a season where I've watched and thought Chen Kirk looks better running the power play. And, you know, now McAvoy scores a five and five goal in this game by getting a shot through, which is great. I think that's something he struggled with on the power play. And I think the numbers back it up. He's, he's had a lot of shots blocked on the power play and, I know in this case, like it wasn't a shot from Shankirk. That was a pass. So, you know, a little different, but um, Shankirk does look good when he's at the top of that second unit. And he's, he's looked good at times when he has, when he has had to fill in on the first unit uh, when McAvoy's been out. I agree. Brian, Brian Brian's having difficulty. Brian's today. crying. Brian's <laughs> muting himself. With the uh and turning the camera off. Um <laughs> when um when they're in the zone, right? That's one thing. What is what's the 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 argument for Shattenkirk versus McAvoy in transition on the power play? That there probably isn't. You you're right. Like that's the strength of McAvoy is especially when it comes to skating it in in himself. McAvoy's just a better skater, so he's gonna have that speed to better back off a of defense. So you're, you're right. Like that's absolutely yeah. a fair counter. Cause I was, well, I mean, and I wasn't even trying to be uh, argumentative because I, I, I agree with like the end zone um, puck movement and getting the pucks through. Um, and, and cause I was saying to myself, I was like, yeah, well, if that's the case, why wouldn't they uh, give Shad and Kirk? Yeah. Look? And I, well, well, what, what should they value more though? Like, wouldn't you say that valuing the end zone stuff is, yeah, you, you, can, you should be able to rely on other people to transition the puck. Like people yeah, aren't, and especially when you consider that like your power plays are going to start with an ozone face off. Like hopefully you win that, and, and it's not a thing. But you know, obviously, it, transition is, is 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 a factor. And um, yeah, and, other people could, but it starts with that first guy back there. Yeah, and, and there's also the the player management aspect of it. And you know, not not that like I think Charlie McAvoy has a big ego or anything, but he's a star. He's your second highest paid player. He's an alternate captain. If you move him off the top unit, no matter how you spin it, that's a demotion. And no matter what McAvoy would say about it, he would see it that way. So that's also something you have to take into account. We've talked about that with Brad Marchand in the past. Like there's been times where it's felt like the power play slows down when the puck gets to his stick and you're like, ah, like he's got to move faster. He's got to be more aggressive getting into the net. But it's like, but you're not going to take Brad Marchand off your top power play unit. Like, you're going to let him work through. Yeah, it's 
I'm, it's kind of surprising that McAvoy hasn't improved at getting shots through in the power play because it's kind of been something alien for a couple of years. I mean, Krug's I don't know if now, but I think Tory Krug, it's like his third, it's the, their third or fourth season without Krug at this point. And McAvoy's had the the reins for the majority of it, besides Grizzly here and there and Lindholm here and there. But you'd think by now he would have improved at getting that, getting those shots through and not being so indecisive uh, back there. Um, but because because he has everything else, you know. And yeah, and that being said, he did score not on the power play, but he did he right. did score uh, against. Well, sometimes game. sometimes and, five and, and, and was a plus and, and he was a plus four, I think, for the mm-hmm. game. But so. um, at five on five, like sometimes there's less there's less time, so you're not even you don't have as much time to, to overthink, right? That's that's on the power play. He has the time and space, and that's when he gets into trouble some for some reason. But in any event. Uh, well, do you want to stick to to D here for a second because uh, the line, like lineup changed a little bit um, in terms of D pairs. Laura was out of the lineup. Weatherspoon came back in, so it was Weatherspoon, Shat, and Kirk was the D pair um, for you know that that changed. Uh, what did you guys think? Weather, I think Weatherspoon played well. I mean, I every time I see him come in, he's he's quiet. He's not super noticeable, but that's really what you want him to do. Um, and he he does make plays along the boards. He's he's bigger. He moves guys out from in front of the net. I think he played the exact role they wanted him to play yesterday against Tampa Bay. Yeah, I agree. Like I think he's looked pretty solid for the most part. I think that's why he's stayed up. And you know, Ian Mitchell's the one who gets sent down because, especially with Forbert out, we, we've talked about this. Like, not that Weatherspoon's an exact one for one replacement, but he brings some of the things that you miss when forward's not there in terms of size, stability, strength, you know, not like the most physical guy, not like the hardest hitter in the world, but brings some of that. Um, You can use them on the penalty kill, which helps, you know, helps you maybe avoid a situation like the previous game where Brandon Carlos in the box and you end up with Laura and Grizzly together trying to, kill off the end of a penalty which those guys both have killed penalties and they they should know how to do it but you put the two of them together and it's you know it's two guys who don't always do it and they end up with a miscommunication that leaves a guy open in front so yeah and um, it's one guy that's small and one guy that's young so it's kind of not an ideal uh penalty killing pair yeah and and just last thing should just be noted that lori we believe was out almost entirely because he had to have more dental work done Saturday. He was on the ice for warmups, but uh, I think there was an element of him, you know, not really feeling very great after getting more dental work done. Scott, can you just explain that a little bit? What do you mean? The dental work. Well, obviously, so he took that puck to the mouth Thursday. Um, or was that Thursday? No, that was Tuesday, right? Yeah, I think, or I don't know. I'm mixing up my games, but yeah, he um he had already had some dental work done. He did play Thursday, but limited minutes. He had to go in Saturday to get more done. So obviously, you know, we don't know the exact nature of it, but sure, his his mouth is still still not feeling great, and you know, that's I think the primary factor in why he didn't play Saturday. You're you're not a hockey player until you've had your dental work done. Your first uh, your first dental work uh, 
you know, missing a tooth at some point in time in your career, usually. So uh, he's he's got that out of the way, hopefully. Mm. Um, it, Brian, did you have any comments about the no, game? No, I think I think Scott kind of touched on the the water spoon. Um, so then the other thing is to talk about like players that were out of the lineup. Um, like we mentioned, Laura was Johnny Beecher did not play. Yes, Revokas got the call up, uh, and Georgie Merkeloff was sent back down to Providence. What do you guys think of? all of those different factors. Well, I mean, I, I think, yeah, like we said last episode, I just think there's a lack of identity in the fourth line and it's pretty evident cause it's just, uh, it's, it's musical chairs right now. Um, I, I feel like bringing up Boquist is probably similar to bringing up Merkulov as far as like giving him a, you know, um, a, a pat on the shoulder, like good job down in Providence. Here's a little taste no, Boquist has NHL experience, right? So it's not like he's probably not as elated um, for that exposure. He probably feels like he should be there. Um, but, I mean, that's the one thing I – like last episode I was we were talking about the Merkulov thing and how I said I just – they brought him up and, I, and he went back to Providence and I feel like I had more questions than I did before. Um, the one thing I will say was a good thing about Merkulov being here, and Scott touched on it too, was the fact that they at least gave him a chance to – show like if you work hard you will get a chance and last week i was saying like you, like you have to at least do that because you, you have to help you know manage your assets and your players and and let them know that their hard work isn't for naught so i do agree that like at least that aspect of the mercury call-up was was beneficial um boquist being up i i don't again i just feel like it's just giving guys different chances here um was beecher scratch for uh, was he a healthy scratch or is he injured as far as we know, healthy. We have, there haven't been any reports of him dealing with an injury. Yeah. yeah. And, and to like kind of go through some of Boquist's numbers. So this was his third game, technically his third game up in Boston. Uh, he had 15 shifts, which is the most shifts. And he had 11, 22 of ice time, which is the most ice time he's had up in Boston this year. He had, he had one shot that went through. He also had a few shots that went high. Um, the funny thing was, well, coach was asked about, how we played and uh he said someone said Boakfist's name and he didn't even recognize what the name was and he was like is that how you say that and he goes i just call him jesper i'm like that, that's not easier Remember, really um, that's a flashback to last year didn't didn't montgomery start the year like not knowing people's names last year yeah he said he didn't know that he said i didn't know smitty's name was craig until like this right. week and then he was like <laughs> someone said connor and he's like who cliffy <laughs> uh, he didn't know he doesn't he didn't know their first names. He just knew them by their nicknames. So, uh, well, yeah. He's also he's he's just not great at names in general because like there's also times where he'll reference guys like by number and you can like tell in his head he's trying to match up number to name because he's so used to just looking at it in his notebook or on the whiteboard or wherever where he's just listing numbers. So, um, yeah, but. <laughs> Uh, I, I thought Boak was played pretty well. Like it was the, it was the first time he actually got like regular shifts. I, I know we had talked about the last time he was up, he played like four minutes and I think got benched midway through the second period and didn't see the ice again. So he actually played regular shifts and I, I thought played pretty well. It was the first time we saw him at center. I think he had played wing each of those other two games. So um, yeah, I mean, you, you saw a couple times where his speed looked like it, made a little bit of a difference uh it, from what i could tell i think he did the defensive work that you need a center to do 
Um, it still it still feels like they're definitely trying to kind of just throw different things at this fourth line and hope something sticks, or maybe part of it is you mix different guys in to try to jumpstart the guys you want there because I think you know Montgomery still wants you know Loco Beecher Steen to kind of be regulars and you know again we've talked about when they're fully healthy maybe it's a Heinen who gets dropped down or something but um yeah right now they're they're clearly trying different things trying to get something going there I thought Bocas played pretty well I don't know if he's gonna stick there any sort of long term I would imagine Beecher gets back in there Monday, but, you know, I guess we'll see. 